When you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. You're only telling the world that you fear what he might say. That is George R.R. Martin from A Clash of Kings. Censorship. A very slippery slope. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire. Harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. By Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. GurkhaCigars.com Greetings and salutations, Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male-in-Chief. Welcome to Bold Alpha, your stop for free, unadulterated, alpha male conversation and pleasure maneuvers. Never in a million years would I ever expect that we would see censorship, blatant censorship, in the United States of America, the home of the First Amendment. But we witnessed it. Over the weekend, we witnessed it last week. Now, we have seen a, it's been a tumultuous week, let's just face it. Now, we've got all these people and Democrats and even Republicans saying, oh, what the president said, he incited this, we'll impeach him. Spare me, please. I didn't see the speech, I went back and I watched the speech in its entirety. Because as an educated alpha male, I wanted the truth. I then read the transcript. At no time did the president say, go, be violent, attack the Capitol. Never said that. He said, march peacefully, protest outside the Capitol. No way did he incite any violence, and the proof is in the pudding. But, of course, the Libstream media does not want you to know that. Here's an interesting timeline regarding the Capitol breach from January 6th. President Trump didn't begin speaking until right around noon. He went and spoke until 1.11 p.m. It is about a 35-minute walk from the Ellipse to the Capitol. The first protesters arrived at the Capitol already beginning at 11.30. 11.30, 11.45 to noon, they started to see more people. At 1 p.m., while President Trump was still talking to the between half million and one million people in Washington, at 1 p.m., the Capitol PD police chief sees officers attacked. Remember, President Trump's still talking. At 1.09, the Capitol police chief requests the National Guard. President Trump still talking when that was requested. At 1.11 p.m., President Trump concludes the speech. The Capitol was breached at 1.50. The speech attendees who made their way from the ellipse where President Trump was speaking over to the Capitol did not arrive until 1.56 p.m. So any portrayal that the people that breached the Capitol were 
the thousands and millions or hundreds of thousands of attendees to hear President Trump is absolute fallacy. Oh, here's one other thing. In the days preceding the Capitol breach, the Department of Defense reached out to Capitol Police and to Washington Metro Police and to the mayor's office saying, look, we'll be happy to provide additional security, National Guard. Multiple times they made that offer. Multiple times they were denied, stone cold. But you're not going to hear that on the Libstream media. I remember when I was a student at the Syracuse University SI Newhouse School of Public Communications. At the time, there was Newhouse Building 1 and Newhouse Building 2. The building, Newhouse 1, actually in Syracuse, the, the, before there was a Newhouse school, there was a school of communications and a department of journalism founded at Syracuse University in 1919. It was part of the business school. But in the early 1960s, Samuel I. Newhouse, S.I. Newhouse, wanted to create a building and a separate communication school. He pledged $75 million, correction, way back before that in, I think, 1962. I can't remember what the amount that he pledged, but he pledged enough to build the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications, which became known as Building One, Newhouse One. Subsequently, in the 70s, they added Newhouse Two. But the building was dedicated in 1964. As you walk in, by President Johnson, by the way, as you walk into the building, there is a giant quote. And I remember that quote. I remember seeing that quote every time I would walk in the building. It is inscribed in the wall as you walk in. A free press must be fortified with greater knowledge of the world and skills in the art of expression. A free press must be fortified with greater knowledge of the world and skills in the art of expression. And throughout the Newhouse School, the hallways, we always would see quotes about freedom of speech, freedom of the press, the First Amendment, everywhere you went, in Newhouse 1 and Newhouse 2. And now there's a Newhouse 3 when Samuel Newhouse's uh, son pledged $75 million from the SI Newhouse Foundation to build Newhouse 3, to take it into the 21st century. But everywhere I went, you always heard freedom of the press, freedom of speech, the First Amendment, hallowed in those buildings. And every one of us that went through the Newhouse School, it was ingrained into us, not only the importance of the First Amendment, the importance of freedom of press, freedom of speech, but the responsibility that comes with it. There is no responsibility amongst the Libstream media. They're dishonest. They're dishonest as the day is long. So I'm not going to get into all the details about what took place, but I will say this. I saw some polling earlier today, and while you're here, the Libstream biased media say, oh, the public wants President Trump impeached out. That's bullshit. I saw recently released poll information earlier today an overwhelming number of people realize it was not Trump that incited this. In no way, shape, or form did President Trump say, go out and breach the Capitol. No. In fact, for the last seven, eight months, he's been railroading against insurgents 
and rioters and looters from BLM and Antifa that have destroyed government buildings, that have rioted, looted, destroyed, burnt to the ground people's private businesses. He was very clear. March peacefully, peacefully protest. Half a million to one million people. Let's go back. 75 to 80 million people voted for President Trump. A half million to one million people attended the rally to hear President Trump on the day that the Electoral College votes were set to be counted in the joint session of Congress. There were what, 500 maybe, 600, 700 wackadoos, wackadoodles, nutjobs that breached the Capitol to portray with a wide brush the entire Trump, America First, MAGA movement, Trump supporters are all lawless is absurd. It's false. You know it. I know it. Pelosi, Schumer, all those other sacks of garbage Democrats know it. And so too does the press. And I started today with a very important quote. Let me read that for you one more time. When you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. You're only telling the world that you fear what he might say. It's George R. R. Martin from A Clash of Kings. And why is that appropriate? Because now we have all the Democrats, all the libstream media saying to not big tech, I call them evil tech, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon web hosting, Google, saying, Expunge all the accounts of those we oppose. Eliminate any source of communication amongst those people that believe in the MAGA movement, America First, or that want freedom of speech on another platform besides Twitter or Facebook or Google. And what did Evil Tech do? They cut the tongues. Out of all those people, the half over half the country that supports President Trump and the America First movement, I don't apologize for supporting President Trump. I don't apologize for being America First, for looking out for our own people. I believe that we should look out for our veterans first and our homeless people. People in this country, instead of sending billions to foreign countries around the world. You're damn right I believe in America First. And I believe that we as Americans should look after ourselves just as Canadians should look after themselves and just as the French should look after themselves. And the same thing with the Brits. If somebody says, hey, Britain first, I'm not offended by that. Neither should you. What we have seen is unprecedented censorship. Taking away a president, or for that matter, any Americans, right to speak. Now, I'm not saying that a platform doesn't have, if somebody comes out and says, I urge everyone to go and murder all of the politicians in Washington. Of course, that goes beyond the pale of reasonable free speech. But if somebody says, I don't believe that the election was legit, I believe there was fraud, it should be investigated. I believe in President Trump. I believe in the MAGA movement. I believe in America first. That is not a cause for censorship. 
All it does is foment anger and take extreme fringes underground and create a powder keg where down the road, the results from that subversion of thought and subversion of expression and subversion of speech will do nothing more than create a huge problem, including civil war. And I've said this to people. When you all of a sudden marginalize half this country, when the Democrats marginalize and have evil tech in their pocket and say, cut their balls off, cut their tongues out, get rid of them, big time slippery slope. And when I see these Hollywood liberals standing up and cheering, applauding, Sasha Baron Cohen, who as an actor, an artist, who's created some very unique movies, mark my words, They better be careful for what they wish for because it could just as easily bite them in the ass. Because down the road, you may get extreme, extreme ultra-conservative people that say, you know, that's Sasha Baron Cohen, his movies. Let's just eradicate those. Hollywood libs, you know what? We don't want their movies. It's a very dangerous slope. You can disagree with someone. I disagree with people all the time. In fact, I had a conversation. Sergeant Steve, you know Todd Schnitt very well, host of the Schnitt Show, correct? Absolutely. He called me yesterday. We have a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I want to wish a very speedy recovery to our friend B.J. Harris, uh, who is out in Denver. He is uh, host of one of the big morning shows in Denver for many years. He was co-host of the MJ and B.J. morning show here in Tampa. My office was right across from him. Wonderful guy and a speedy recovery to B.J., and I guess he's doing well. But I had reached out to Todd, who's also known as MJ, during his morning show for many years he's had it uh, in Tampa. And so... We, I said, what, what have you heard about BJ? And he said, yeah, I hear BJ's doing okay. And he gave me the background. Then we started getting into politics, talking about Trump. And MJ said to me, listen, you can't tell me that Trump didn't incite this and Trump didn't do this. And, you know, I'm a, I, don't dis, I agree with Trump on, on what he did on this. I agree with something. I said, M, I call him MJ, even though his name is Todd. I said, MJ, let me stop you right there. I love President Trump. I listened to his speech. I I read the transcript. In no way, shape, or form did he incite violence. I never will apologize for supporting President Trump, I told him. I will not apologize for the fact that he's done a remarkable job in the economy, in fortifying this country's border wall, in doing many other things, including Middle East peace and making the European scumbag, dirtbag mooches pay their fair share. I don't apologize for that. He's like, well, you can't disagree that what he says. I said, wait a minute. Hey, sometimes does he go overboard tweeting? Yeah, okay, and I think sometimes it's juvenile. But he should still have the right to do it, and it drives people nuts. Many times I I would say, Jesus, Trump, quiet, don't tweet. You're destroying, you're, you're getting away from the message. But I wouldn't condemn him by saying, oh, because he tweets. I didn't elect a saint. I don't want a saint in the White House. I want someone with big balls that is going to look after America first. And I can tell you that uh, that dementia, Beijing Joe Biden ain't the guy. So I had it out with it, and I said, listen, in no way, shape, or form, and he said, listen, I do agree with you that Twitter, Facebook, they should not have censored him, and they should not have censored all the other opposing viewpoints. And to me, when you 
censor someone, you are indicating that you are deeply, deeply afraid of what they may have to say. You're insecure about what they have to say. Let me give you a story. For 25 years, we did the Cigar Dave show on terrestrial radio across the country, every Saturday noon to 2 Eastern time. The lovely Miss Kate, who for 24 and three-quarter of those 25 years was my call hostess. I, I remember the first time going way back. We were in a break. She comes into the studio and says, General, in her British accent, General, darling, dear, I have a caller that would like to speak with you, and he is very, very upset and disagrees with you, and he's very angry, and he wants to debate you. Should I, should I just tell him that we don't have time? And I said, absolutely not, Miss Kate. Anytime somebody calls that will disagree with me or wants to disagree with me, sees it as a different viewpoint, I'm happy to engage, to listen to them politely, provide my rebuttal, and engage in debate. She said, okay, General, you sure? He seems feisty. No problem, Ms. Kite. Okay, love, I'll tell him. Took the call, he was angry, I was polite. Let him speak. When he was done, I said, great, did you, is that all your points? Yes. Fine, let me counter that. And we debated back and forth. I'm more than happy to engage in civil debate because when I make a statement or make a comment, I do so from a position of knowledge, of fact. So whenever I engage in debate with somebody, I don't just come up with something and say, hey, I'm just going to throw this out. I do so because I, I, based upon the knowledge or the facts presented, so when somebody would call and say, I disagree with you, you're wrong, I'd let them go on and I'd say, great, okay, tell me what I'm wrong about. And then we'd go into facts. And whenever I debate liberals, ultra-libs, Dems, now I, let, me, let me preface, let me, let me go back on that. Many middle-of-the-road Dems I can engage in a reasonable debate with because they will listen to fact. However, whenever I have engaged in debate with an ultra-liberal, or even a liberal for that matter, or a socialist or a Marxist. That doesn't happen too often. Mostly they're just ultra-liberals. I present facts. So they'll present their argument, and I'll rebut, and then I will present facts. And every one of the facts tears down their argument. It doesn't just tear it down. It thrashes it down like a giant chainsaw. And then they'll throw something else at me, and I'll say, no, you're incorrect, and here's why, and present them with fact. And in inevitably, what always happens, after about three to five minutes of this, they put their arms up and say, you know what, I can't even have a discussion with you, you're not reasonable. And I said, no, what you're really saying is, you can't engage in discussion or debate with me because I have the facts on my side, and you don't. End of discussion. So I always make sure I have facts on my side. When I just talked about President Trump not inciting violence, I didn't just throw that in the air randomly. I read the transcript. I watched. I didn't say I was in the office and I, I had other things going on. I was on some teleconferences. Didn't have a chance to watch it. Then I hear all this commotion. Then I said, I need to watch it. And then I got the transcript and I looked at fact. Remember, there's a difference between fact and hyperbole. The Democrats engage in hyper hyperbole. I'm engaging in fact. The Democrats engage in blatant lies, in mischaracterizations, in quoting out of context on a regular basis. 
And the problem is in this country. Now, you are amongst the smart. If you are listening to Bold Alpha or the Cigar Dave Show podcast, you are amongst the half of this country that are intelligent. Half of this country is dumb. Now, I know you say, oh, wait a minute, General, hold on. That's a pretty bold statement. Here's the truth. And you won't hear this from people on the air because they're handcuffed. In fact, Cumulus Broadcasting, one of the shittiest, crappiest broadcasting companies on the planet. They've been bankrupt. They are, their stations are run horribly. They sent out a directive to all their talk talent this or late last week saying, you may not engage in any talk anymore about the election. The election has been decided. It's over. You can't bring out the fact that there were election irregularities or fraud. If you do so, you'll be terminated. That is chilling. A broadcasting company telling their on-air talent, their presenters, that they can engage in speech based in fact. They should be out there saying, look, we don't agree with that, but they have the right to discuss it. We champion the First Amendment. Let me tell you, Cumulus, the people that run Cumulus and most broadcasting companies are a bunch of chicken shits. The, you know, Johnny Carson would always have the jokes about being a broadcast executive. It's true. Most senior broadcast executives are dumb as a box of rocks. Couldn't find their way out of a piss-soaked paper bag. And the only example you need is when CBS, Dan Rather leaves, they give it to Bob Schieffer for a few years, they hire Les Moonves, has this brilliant idea, let's hire Katie Korak for $15 million a year, paying, him more, paying her more than anyone else. Brilliant idea. How did that work out? It was an unmitigated disaster. So broadcast executives, not the smartest lights on the tree. And I know I'm going to hear that. I'm on the board of the Florida Association of Broadcasters. I'm not talking about the local management. I'm talking about the senior executives, the guys that sit in the executive office suites in New York and L.A. They are clueless. They have no clue what takes place. Clueless. They're part of the problem. But that is chilling that a broadcast company would tell their people they would basically shit on the First Amendment and freedom of speech say, you can't even talk about it. Now, there's a difference between saying, listen, if you incite violence and tell people to go and smash this and destroy that, that's a different story. But if you say, look, I still believe to this day, and I do personally, there was absolute election irregularities. Look, again, I deal in fact. Look at the data. If you look at the data from four or five states, very clear. And when you look at the fact that there was no signature matching that took place in Georgia, and in Pennsylvania and other states, you better believe it's a fraudulent election. And I would say the same thing if it was done for my candidate. Americans can handle losing, their candidate losing. What they cannot handle is a rigged, fraudulent election. There's a big difference. When Obama won, couldn't stand Obama. Went after Obama whenever he did something poor. Most of the time, it was about 98% of the time. But I accepted the result. I didn't say it was a rigged election. People can handle losing. They cannot handle their vote being stolen. Big difference. So when censorship starts, not only by 
evil tech. But now all of a sudden, broadcast companies are doing it to their own on-air talent and presenters. Huge problem. Going back to what I said about Americans, half the Americans, not the, the Americans that, that are cigar connoisseurs, that are spirit enthusiasts, that are alpha males, that listen to Bold Alpha and the Cigar Dave Show podcast, you are amongst the 50-plus percent that are intelligent, that are rational, that do your own research. But I've always said this. There's probably another 50% where you could feed them a pile of dog shit every day. Put a pile of dog shit on their plate and tell them it's filet mignon. And they'll look at it and say, I don't know. It doesn't smell good. It looks a little different. And you say, no, 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 that's filet mignon. That's a special recipe of filet mignon that we've made. And you tell it to them over and over, sooner or later they'll believe it, and they'll eat that dog shit, and they'll say, mmm, this, this filet mignon is great, when full well knowing it's a pile of dog shit. That's fact. That is truth. So censorship to me is a very, very dangerous precarious position for any media company, let alone evil tech, to get into. Because when you silence people and you are afraid of what they have to say, that indicates one and only one thing, you are insecure. And if you don't think the Democrats are insecure about President Trump running again in 2024 or about Republicans led by President Trump over the next two years, recapturing the House and Senate, you better think again. The Democrats are scared shitless. They are shitting lead bricks right now. They are worried. But censorship is not the answer. Deplatforming people, not the answer. Stripping parlor of their servers and email and law firms quitting on them. What in the hell has taken place in this country? I'm glad to see the ACLU finally woke up and said, hey, we disagree with, with Parler being deplatformed and President Trump, we don't agree with him, but we, we do not agree with that. Glad to see they finally woke up because for the last, I don't know, four, six, eight, ten years, they've been nowhere. The ACLU should stick to civil liberties, and that is freedom of speech, the Bill of Rights. Every American should stand for that. No American, including a Democrat, should say, it's wonderful that we're censoring people. If you want to avoid a civil war, you better allow freedom of thought, expression, and speech to take place unencumbered. If not, the Democrats and big tech are asking for it. They're asking for it because when you take people's voices away, you radicalize them. Let's face it, most people will blow off steam. They'll, they'll, they'll say something, they blow off steam, and that's it. They don't take action. But when they have nowhere to go, there's going to be a small fringe, an ultra-radical fringe, small. But when they have no place to go, and they can't express their thoughts, many of which I may disagree with. Look, I disagree with Democrats. I think they should absolutely have the right to speech. They shouldn't be censored. I never once would say, hey, let's censor the Democrats. That's absurd. I'm not afraid of entering into debate. I'm not absurd of arguing. And the other thing they disagree, the, the Democrats despise about President, two things, two things they're worried about. Number one, well, more, more than one, President Trump running and winning in 2024. That's number one. But number two, 
they are worried that the America First MAGA movement is not going to go away. And what is America First really about when we say drain the swamp? It's about people having voice in government, not all these special interests. But that's not what the Democrats and most Republicans want. They want their nice, cushy gigs. They, they can go into Congress dirt poor, worth nothing. Look at Ocasio-Cortez. Never made probably more than 30 grand in her life. Now all of a sudden she's making what, 150 grand as a senator or as a congresswoman? 144, 150, whatever it is, and now complaining that's not enough? Oh, and they get health insurance and they get pension and everything else. And I guarantee you that when she leaves Congress, and she will eventually, you will see she will cash in and she'll be worth millions and millions. Now, I have no problem with people making money. I have a problem with grifters, people that go in, feed at the public trough, and then become wealthy because of their swamp maneuvers. That offends me. It should offend every American. Our forefathers wanted our members of elected members of the House and Senate to go serve and come back to private life. Never intended it to be a full-time job. But when I see these senators 20, 30, 40 years that are three-quarters in the grave, it's beyond pathetic. I'm absolutely for term limits, and we should probably have age limits as well because some of these members of the House and Senate, they're clueless. So going back to what I had to say, when you take out a man's tongue, you better be careful because all you're showing is your sincere insecurity of what the opposition may have to say. And if you think that the MAGA movement, the America First, Republicans, conservatives are going to just sit back and take it, forget it. They're going to create their own infrastructure. And now I'm also hearing that it's not bad enough that they want Republicans conservatives, Trump, members of MAGA, MAGA supporters, deplatformed. Now we're hearing calls from not only members of the Democrat Party, but members of the liberal stream media, ABC, CBS, NBC, Washington Compost, the New York Slime. They're now saying cable companies should remove the dangerous and evil Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN, because they're spewing hate, and they are spewing dangerous thoughts, and they're inciting Americans to do dangerous acts. Nothing could be further from the truth. But these Democrats are too stupid to realize it. And oh, by the way, big tech, I think you just screwed the golden goose. Mark my words. What goes around comes around. And same to all the Hollywood liberals, and every member of the Libstream media should have unison. And Unison got up and say, we oppose what is taking place. We believe in the First Amendment, freedom of speech. We may disagree with them, but they have the absolute right. And if you don't think what goes around comes around, you're smoking crack. There will be a time when some administration down the road, don't know if it's a Democrat or Republican, they'll go after the New York Times. They'll go after the Washington Post. They'll go after the Libstream media. They'll go after Hollywood. And then there will be nobody left to protect them because they didn't stand up when the speech of the opposition was being stifled.
And I always get a kick when we hear Democrats saying, we need a strong, robust, reasonable Republican Party. Let me translate what they really mean. We want a Republican Party that will bend over like they have over the last 30 years and do what we tell them. They don't want a strong Republican Party. What they want are swamp rats, Washington, D.C. swamp rats that will continue the grift, will continue being on the take, that will continue being in the swamp, and basically all working together to ensure that they all get wealthy while screwing the rest of America. It's not going to happen. Censorship. I'm against it. You should be against it. Democrats should be against it. Republicans should be against it. And all we need to do is take a look at Venezuela and Cuba. And if you don't think the Democrat Party wants to emulate that with one-party rule, think again. That is my take on it. So this censorship is nonsense. Evil tech. Better wake up. Or the wake-up call will be delivered to them in a brutal way. And I don't say that uh, to gloat. I'm just telling you the facts. This country will become a powder keg if you suppress and stifle. Because when you su what happens when you tell people you can't have something? Perfect example. When kids are, there, there have been different stories show, and, and studies done on this. When parents put out a candy jar, and there have been hidden cameras. I remember it was on, I don't know if it was on 60 Minutes or it was on, on some show. By the way, 60 Minutes has become nothing more than the mouthpiece for the DNC. It's pathetic. Don't even watch it anymore. But I can't remember, maybe it was uh, Inside Edition or one of those NBC investigative shows where they put kids whose parents say, okay, they keep a candy bowl out, you can have it whenever you want. And most of the time, they put the kids in a room, and the parents who told their kids, okay, you can have it whatever you want, they'd go, they'd look, they'd take maybe one. Then they put kids in whose parents said, you can't have it, that don't allow them to have candy, don't allow them to have, you know, other uh, snacks or, or, or treats or sweet, sweet candy. They put those kids in the room with the giant candy bowl, and the kids are vultures. They take giant, you know, just they take their hands like it's a shovel and take as much and eat as much as they can. When you suppress people from an object, from a food, from freedom of thought, all you're doing is fomenting, making people angrier. And when people can't get what they want, it will boil over until we have a nuclear explosion. I don't mean a literal, an actual nuclear explosion. You have to explain that for the Democrats because now all of a sudden if you say anything, it's construed to be, oh, oh you're inciting. But there will be a massive explosion in this country of rage. Democrats and evil tech, you better wake up. Some cigars just can't be tamed. And that's a good thing when it comes to the Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire with full frontal flavor, nice notes of sweetness, spice, oakiness. Forged in volcanic soil, rolled perfectly, starting with the Ecuadorian wrapper. To the Honduran binder and the Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican fillers, the Camacho Nicaragua is bold, is rich, a nice medium to full-flavored cigar. If you're looking to up your taste, try the Camacho Nicaragua, because some things just can't be tamed. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com.
I have been totally railing against the governor of the crumbling empire state of New York, Kim Jong Cuomo. Kim Jong Cuomo is a holier-than-thou politician. For the last 10 months, he has locked down the state of New York. He has destroyed businesses. He has destroyed livelihoods. He has made New York a, an absolutely miserable place to live, to work if you can even get work. And for the last nine, ten months, businesses have been imploring him, begging him, please don't kill us. Don't destroy our livelihood. Don't destroy the economy. He murdered thousands of nursing home patients because of his incompetence. He's now showing how incompetent he is. For I don't know how many months, he bitched and moaned against President Trump about the vaccine, saying, well, we're going to do our own tests, and we don't trust anything coming from the Trump administration. Then all of a sudden, oh, we need vaccine, we need vaccine. So they've gotten, I don't know, a couple of million doses of the vaccine. And what have they done? Under Cuomo, they have totally bungled the administration of the vaccine. He created, I don't know, 10 different regional commissions to explore ways. See, a Democrat, here's the difference between a President Trump and a bureaucrat like a, a Democrat like a Kim Jong Cuomo. President Trump just says, I don't need to put all these committees together. Here's what we're going to do. We've got to do this, this, and this. And it gets done. The Democrats say, well, let's get some committees together. Let's get some commissions together. Let's discuss it. Then let's all meet back, decide what we want to do. In the meantime, a month has passed since the vaccines have been available, and they're throwing vaccines out, and now he's even threatening to sue hospitals and medical professionals and physicians if they don't give vaccines according to a certain order that he and the health commissioner has decided should be given. They've got the order. And if you violate that, you're going to be fined up to a million dollars subject to jail time. This is what you're telling health professionals. Last week, a hospital in New York, after multiple health professionals took the vaccine, many did not want it. Many first responders did not want it. It's their right. So the hospital has, I think, four hours to, or any medical institution, four hours to start giving the vaccine. Otherwise, it, go, it spoils. So let me ask you a common sense question. Let's say you've got a thousand doses of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus vaccine. And it says you can only vaccinate those people who are first responders and hospital professionals. And you open it up and the hospital puts a note out to everyone saying we're giving the vaccines on this day. Same thing with first responders. And only 500 of those doses are given. What do you do with the remaining 500? After, again, you've asked every health professional, every first responder, and you have four hours, the, to the to time is ticking. The clock is ticking away. Common sense would say, all right, anybody that's a senior citizen over the age of 75 or 65 should be able to get the vaccine. Anybody that's in the hospital will give it to them. We'll make an announcement on our Twitter page. We've got 500 doses, first come, first serve. We're going to do it to seniors. Now, to me, that's common sense. 
vials are being thrown away because common sense is not being used, and now hospitals and medical professionals are terrified that Kim Jong Cuomo and his Gestapo health commissioner and health department are going to go fine you, arrest you, and take away, strip you of your license. It's absurd. In Florida, they're giving the vaccine. Other states giving the vaccine. Now, is it as quick as it should be? Nope. But remember one thing. Whenever the federal government tries to push down something on the states, including New York State and New Jersey and all the other blue states, what happens? Massive pushback. Massive pushback. No, it's we are the state. We have rights. We'll decide ourselves. Fine. What has New York State done? Not a damn thing. Yesterday, in Kim Jong Cuomo's State of the State Address, here is a quote. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Are you kidding me? Now you're waking up, Kim Jong Cuomo? You can't stay closed? For the last 10 months, you've been closed. For the last 10 months, you've destroyed businesses. You have destroyed livelihoods. You have destroyed kids being able to go to school. And now, 10 months later, you're waking up? Please. The only reason you're waking up is because you've destroyed your economy. You have a giant hole, and now you're begging the incoming Beijing-Biden administration to bail you out. You shouldn't be bailed out. You screwed the pooch yourself. Florida didn't screw you. Other states haven't screwed you. You have screwed yourself. The Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, advancing to the divisional round, tough game against the Baltimore Ravens Saturday night on NBC. For the first time all season, they allowed 6,700 fans. But they all had to get Chinese Wuhan virus tests starting, the, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday before. Every, every person that entered that stadium, 6,700 people, had to take a test. The positivity rate, I think, was 1.5%. Minuscule. Nil. They were outside. Chances are they wouldn't have spread it anyway. They should have allowed 12,000, 15,000 in the stadium without having to take a test. You're outside. Social distancing. Most people that attended together were the same family. But again, New York State, there's a reason it's the crumbling empire state. Because of terrible leadership, excessive government bloat. As an example, state of Florida now has 2.2 more million people, population-wise, than New York State. Yet, New York State's budget is double, double that of Florida. Now, I can tell you, being a Florida resident and being from New York originally, going back to New York on a regular basis, I can tell you, Florida's roads are better, bridges are better, infrastructure is better, everything works. New York State, commissions for this. The roads are crumbling, the bridges are crumbling, the cities are crumbling. Everywhere you go, there's political patronage, unions all over the place, destroying education, costing the state billions every year. But Kim Jong Cuomo now wakes up, it's a joke. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about another thing 
Kim Jong Cuomo has had an an epiphany on, you won't believe it. Gurkha has been manufacturing the world's finest cigars for 30 years. And to commemorate their 30th anniversary, they created the Gurkha Trenta, a pleasant, medium-bodied cigar exquisite in every way. Taste, construction, pleasure, notes of sweetness, complex flavors, nice spice, all wrapped in a medium-bodied cigar. If you're looking for an exquisite cigar in every way, it's the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating Gurkha's 30th anniversary. To explore the entire Gurkha portfolio, visit GurkhaCigars.com. Yesterday, Kim Jong Cuomo, State of the State address in Albany, vowed that New York State will legalize recreational or recreational cannabis, marijuana, and he's going to begin ramping up efforts in the new year to greenlight legislation to legalize it. Fifteen states have done it. He said, "We need to do the same thing. We need to raise revenue." And the end. And, and uh, end the failed prohibition of this product that has left so many communities of color over-policed and over-incarcerated. Look, I agree with the legalization of it. I have no problem with it. But here's my question. You're going to tax it at the same rate as cigars, as cigarettes, or are you going to give them special dispensation? Are you going to prohibit smoking of cannabis in public spaces, or are you going to give special dispensation? One thing about Cuomo is that he is a typical holier-than-thou politician. Do as I say, not as I do. You'll recall he went down to Charleston, South Carolina. Clearly, he thought President Trump was going to win. We all know President Trump did win. Don't get me started on that. And he wanted to get his foot wet, dip his toe into the 2024 election cycle. So he goes to South Carolina. Now, at the time, any resident of New York State or any person coming from a group of states, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, a whole bunch of states, if you visited and came back to New York State, you had to quarantine yourself. At the time, I think it was, I don't know, seven or ten days. So he goes down for a weekend. Now, of course, he said it was business to thank Carolina, South Carolina for providing, I don't know, like 12 ventilators which most of them were never used. That was his excuse. So when a reporter asked him, okay, you're now back. Are you going to isolate? You going to quarantine for 10 days like every other New York State, uh, everybody else visiting New York State from another state is required to do? His answer was, no, because I'm essential personnel. Trust me when I tell you this. Kim Jong Andrew Cuomo is the least, the absolute least most important person in New York State, the least essential person in the state. If Andrew Cuomo left the state, left the country, left the planet for the ne- and go, goes circles around the Earth in the uh, in the in, in the uh, uh, space station for the next three and a, what is it two and a half years or three years of his term, nobody would miss him in New York State. The state would actually run better, would be more efficient, but leave it to Cuomo. Do as I say, not as I do. One other quick story about that. The mayor of Tampa, Jane Castor, mayor of Tampa, 
She has now, over the last number of weeks, has threatened the liquor licenses of bars and restaurants and certain nightclubs who have allowed people on the dance floor in excess, not maintaining social distancing, no masking, hasn't been enforced, cracking down on it, threatening. Well, well, well. Mayor do as I say, not as I do, was caught earlier this summer at a Tampa Bay Lightning victory parade when they won the Stanley Cup. Sergeant Steve, when was that, by the way? Was that August? I've lost track of time. It was September 30th. September 30th. I am looking at a picture of her sitting without a mask on in the stands at one of the Lightning celebrations. And then, October 10th, 2020, she attended an installation dinner for the Rough Riders Gasparilla crew leadership. In Tampa, we have something called Gasparilla. It's the equivalent of Mardi Gras. Bayshore Boulevard, big north-south street, Three, four, five hundred thousand people attend. In the old days, women would show their boobs. You'd get beads. No more. Now they've cleaned it up. They've tried to make it rated G. She was one of the people that tried to make it rated G, unfortunately. So the Rough Riders are a crew that is that takes part in Gasparilla. They had their leadership. And these people, the Rough Riders, actually wear the costumes and everything. I mean, it's a big deal. And I know where this took place took place at a private club. Well, there's a picture of good old Mayor Do-As-I-Say-Not-As-I-Do Jane Castor between two people. Nobody has masks on. Nobody at the party had masks on. Nobody maintaining social distancing. Yet, she's the first one to wag her finger at everybody saying, and businesses and restaurants, I'm going to shut you down if you don't maintain social distancing and, and, and enforce the mask policy. Personally, I believe in social distancing. Masks, I wear them. Do I think they can help? Probably. Do we have factual-based evidence? 100%? I don't know. I think maybe if you take a look at some of the lockdowns, like look California and Florida. California's been locked down for all practical purposes for the last two months. Florida's been open for all practical purposes since late September. Businesses have been open. Restaurants have been open. Now you have to wear a mask. When you go in, they maintain social distancing, but yet the infection rate is four times in California what it is in Florida. So I don't know. I'm not a scientist that can give you the exact information. Frankly, I don't think we know the exact information. Do I think it's probably a good idea to wear a mask? Sure. Do I think it's a good idea to maintain social distancing? Yes. And I've had people come to start talking to me, start moving within like a foot of me. I'm like, get back. Stop. Or I move back, they move back. I'm like, look, I social distance. Just common sense. But at this party, when nobody is social distancing, nobody's wearing masks, and she's got the unmitigated goal to go after these businesses, I think she'd have a far stronger hand if she practiced what she preached. And remember, the reality is most of these politicians don't. Whether it's mask, whether it is... Climate change, they're the ones traveling in private jets. I'm all for it. They're the ones that are driving the gas guzzlers. All for it. Got an SUV myself. They're the ones wagging their finger at you for using too much energy and contributing to global climate change while they're doing the same thing because the rules don't apply to them. Same thing with Cuomo. The rules don't apply to them, and that's part of the swamp. 
that people are fed up with. And if you think this nationalist America movement is going away, it is only in the second inning. Mark my words, it's going to get stronger. And that's why the Democrats and the establishment Republicans are so worried because they know their con is up and their gig will be up. Americans are fed up with being told what to do. They're, being, they're fed up with the lockdowns. They're fed up with the misinformation. They're fed up with a Dr. Phony Fauci saying, well, I blatantly lied about things because I wanted more enforcement. Just like he lied about the vaccine. Oh, we won't have a vaccine till next summer. Not going to happen. President Trump is full of shit. That's not going to happen. And magically, one week to the day after the election, first vaccine is released. Big Pharma comes out and says, yep, it's done. Now, they had that information two weeks before, three weeks before. They kept it till after the election. And then Fauci now all of a sudden, yes, we'll start being able to, to, to inoculate people with the vaccine already in early December. This from the same lying bastard that told everybody we won't have a vaccine next summer, maybe later. People are just fed up with the lying, the misinformation, with the restrictions on speech. They're fed up with it. Don't tread on us. Alpha Dave, your global alpha male-in-chief, five-star general. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Bold Alpha podcast. Also, subscribe to our Brother's Cigar Dave podcast if you want to enhance your cigar connoisseur enjoyment and uh, become, even if you're a, a cigar novice, we talk spirits, we talk cigars. Make sure you do a search in your favorite app provider, Cigar Dave. Subscribe, give us a five-star review. As always, we will give you the truth, unabashed, without any political correctness in any way, shape, or form. Somebody has to be a mighty oak standing in the gale force winds of political correctness, and it may damn as well be me. 